What is going on, you guys? It is Jake here bringing you guys another episode of the podcast here on a Wednesday uh, of March 29th, uh, bringing you guys a interview here with Lee Sanderlin of the Baltimore Sun. Uh, Lee is the uh, courts reporter uh, covering courts uh, for, I think, the federal and state level of Maryland for the Sun. Uh, super involved in the crime scene, the politics scene. As we get into it, it's kind of an all-encompassing title uh, that he's got over there, and he's covering a lot of stuff. And uh, he's a very busy guy, uh, something else that he alludes to uh, in our chat. But uh, I wanted to get him on to talk about a couple different things. Well, at first it was just one thing, which was the uh, Roy McGrath story, which has been developing here, uh, I guess, in the state of Maryland, in Florida, sort of all over the country, uh, in a you know, in very publicized fashion, a former aide of Larry Hogan's is he was set to stand trial for embezzlement and wire fraud charges, I think, among a couple others. But he has since fled. Uh, I think the day of the trial, he went missing and uh, he has not been found. And he uh, I shouldn't say he, but somebody uh, under the name of Ryan Cooper has released a tell all book called Betrayed. Uh, which sort of gives the Roy McGrath side of the story of what went down and sort of, you know, details why those charges against him were, uh, you know, trumped up or not accurate and why he, uh, you know, was betrayed and should be a free man. And uh, he's still on the run, I think, as uh, I'm recording this. And probably when you guys listen to it, the FBI is looking for him. The U.S. Marshals are looking for him. Uh, one of the stranger stories that uh, I think I've encountered as a Maryland resident. Uh, and if you guys haven't been following it, I'm sure some of you have, but if you haven't, Definitely worthwhile to sit down and listen to my chat with Lee uh, for about 30 minutes. We go over uh, all of that. We go over him covering it. We go over this book by this Ryan Cooper who Lee actually spoke with on the phone uh, and is, you know, remains unconvinced that it is not Roy McGrath himself that wrote that book and uh, is posing as Ryan Cooper. It's a, a crazy, crazy story as we get into, but a uh, little bit on that, a little bit on uh, Adnan Syed, actually, uh, because Lee's been covering that too. Uh, his conviction being overturned last year and now it's being reinstated apparently as of today, Tuesday, the 28th of March. Uh, so we get into uh, some of that. So if you're a, a listener of Serial or if you follow that at all, uh, stay tuned at the end for a little bit of a, a quick touch on that too. So uh, just a really interesting chat, something different than we usually do around here, but uh, something that I want to bring more to you guys of just sort of general interest, sort of Maryland and Baltimore interviews uh, with some cool people. And Lee definitely fit the bill there. So uh, stick around for my chat with Lee Sanderlin. Talk to you guys later. All right, we now welcome on uh, a very special guest, a guy who uh, I've been familiar with you for a couple years uh, after you had an amazing appearance on the Trap Draw, uh, where you discussed your 24 hours inside a Waffle House. But uh, for the uninitiated, how long have you been with the Sun, Lee Sanderlin, and uh, what's your impression been of Baltimore so far? Uh, I've been with the Sun, I guess, for 13 months now, or like 13 months last week. It's a little more than a year. Um, I'd never been to Baltimore before two days before I started work. That's not true. I, I came to Baltimore in the fourth grade. My only memory was that um, the Red Sox won and it was, it was raining uh, and that, that's it. Uh, but no, I, you know, Baltimore has been great so far. Uh, I really enjoyed it. You know? Yeah, definitely. And for your job. So you're on the, the court beat for the Baltimore sun. And I feel like this is kind of a good place to come for the court beat. If you want to keep yourself busy uh, to be a little tongue in cheek about it, but would you say that's been the case and what's been uh, the most interesting part of the job thus far for you? <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely the case. I, I think I'm too busy. Uh, I'm really tired. I think I wrote like four stories today. Uh, the court, somehow the court beat also means uh, sometimes, sometimes politics, sometimes, uh, you know, like 
just normal news, news that definitely definitely haven't even gotten the court yet. Um, but God, I'm sorry. What was the question? It's just, uh, I mean, like I, I basically like, I'm just trying to get a sense of, and I think you basically already answered it with that response there in and of itself, but just like what's been encompassing the job for you. And it sounds like it's kind of everything. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of, uh, I don't know if you've watched the wire at all, but sort of like the way that the whole city gets built up and you get the media culture in it, but like in looking at the politics of it, it just feels like everything is just sort of intertwined and there's all these scandals and things like that. And obviously before you arrived, we had mayors, you know, multiple mayors in a row resigned due to corruption charges. So just kind of like trying to get a sense for, uh, and like I said, you kind of already answered it for me with the, uh, the flustered answer there, but trying to get a sense for uh, the vibe of the job right now. Oh yeah. No, I mean, it's just, it's just really busy. Um, you know, all the time. I mean, like that's the thing in Baltimore is that there's, there's always something happening. Uh, and I feel like, you know, people, people in other cities, like, having lived in different parts of the world. Um, like I think, I think the Baltimore news cycle has absolutely blown my mind. Uh, and I'm just like, how, like, how do these things keep happening? O- only here. No, that's, that's a good way of putting it only here. And I mean, this isn't like Baltimore specific necessarily, but it's more Maryland. And it's what I want to get you on for uh, covering the courts and covering this story specifically. One of the weirder stories that I can remember living in this area, like you hit on a little bit there, how things just kind of tend to keep happening. And obviously there's a lot of systemic issues and reasons why, but this is kind of one that feels a little bit part and parcel, like completely of itself. And that's the Roy McGrath saga. So to kind of start with the big picture here, can you sum up for our, our listeners who are uninitiated who Roy McGrath is and what he's been doing for the state of Maryland in recent years? Yeah, I, I love this story, by the way. Uh, I used to live in Mississippi, and this this feels like a Mississippi story um, more than anything. Um, so, you know, Roy, Roy, Roy McGrath um, was governor, former Governor Larry Hogan's chief of staff, um, he joined on right right in the middle of 2020. Um, things were not so great uh, out there. Before that, he he had been the executive director of this government um, owned government run nonprofit, um, Maryland Environmental Services. So he, you know, and, and he's familiar with government. He he'd always been around government. Um, anyways, when Roy left uh, MES to be Hogan's chief of staff, he uh, I guess you know the the accusation is that he engineered a absolutely massive severance for himself. Um, and, uh, the son reported it, uh, Roy resigned under duress. Uh, that was 2020. Then 2021 comes around and he's been charged in state court, with, like wire fraud, typical corruption charges. He gets federally indicted. Um, he vows to fight the charges. Um, he plead, he pleads not guilty. He says that Hogan would defend him. Um, and then fast forward to now, and we were supposed to go to trial in October, um, Oh, and that, that's when it came out that Hogan was going to be testifying against McGrath at the trial. I mean, Hogan had already said that he wasn't on, you know, he didn't have McGrath, McGrath's back anymore, but Hogan was going to be like the star witness, essentially. You know, he was going to testify that McGrath had committed a crime. Okay, well, the trial gets continued. It was supposed to start, um, my dates might be a little mixed up, but I think the 13th of March. Um, so it's, it's you know, a tri- court court gets going at 9.30 that morning, I believe. Roy McGrath's supposed to be there um, day one, and he doesn't show up. Uh, <laughs> and his lawyer can't get a hold of him. I mean, I'm, I'm laughing, you know, I say this, that, that I hope he's okay, although it seems like now he's probably alive and laughing at all of us. I'll, I'll get to that point. But um, so, yeah, so, you know, he doesn't show up. Um, the FBI has has to search for him. A, you know, a judge issued a, 
a warrant for his arrest for failure to appear. Um, the FBI started searching, and then that's when things just like kind of got out of control for what is a pretty unassuming uh, 53-year-old man. You would think otherwise, uh, minus the fraud charges. So, yeah, then basically we we get word that the FBI is is in his neighborhood. Roy had moved to Naples, Florida. Um, so you know we got to write Florida man headlines. Um, <laughs> You know, but Roy's Roy's in Naples, Florida, or it was in Naples, Florida. The FBI has searched his house. They've interviewed his wife. They've they took his wife's phone, and so the whole time he's got his wife, right? And you know, she doesn't know where he is. Um, and then, then we get to the weekend, and then finally, I guess like last week is when it got. I, I, this is like stuff like you would read about if like a if like someone wrote a really bad detective novel. Um, I, I think you know, is that there's a. A tell-all book. We get an email. A couple of us in the in the in the press corps get an email that a, a tell-all book is going to be self-published um, on Amazon, and you know it's going to be the the true story of Roy McGrath. The title of the book is Betrayed, um, and the author said, you know, the, the author's name is this guy named Ryan Cooper. Um, so. Some of us write stories, and some of us waited to kind of figure figure out more. And um, so I, I emailed the author, this Ryan Cooper. Um, I was like, I want to talk to you. Uh, you know, this is the story of the moment, and here you claim to have a Roy McGrath side of things as uh, federal law enforcement is looking for him. They've labeled him a fugitive from justice. Um, and this guy, the, the, the author, writes back, you know, is like, sure, gives me his number, and you know, I we were able to look people up pretty extensively um, through through public records and like some some pretty deep background searches when we're trying to f- figure out who people are, or find contact information for people. And so I was I was trying to find a Ryan Cooper in Florida, and I really couldn't find find anyone that I thought fit the bill. Um, and then another outlet published a story claiming they had talked to him first, um, and you know they they said that they gave really sparing information or rather Ryan Cooper gave them really sparing information about himself. And they include a line that, you know, they, they had a hard time checking it out. So I thought, okay, well, at least this gives me like more places to look. And uh, by the time I got on the phone with Ryan Cooper, I think that was like last Tuesday. Um, I, I already had suspicion that he wasn't a real person. Um, and, it, and it turns out that he wouldn't give us any information he had um, or that, that could possibly verify who he is, except that he claimed that Roy, you know, he and Roy have been working on the book uh, and that Roy's wife knew, um, you know, knew who he was and knew they'd been working together. So I was like, if I can get in touch with Roy's wife or attorney for Roy's wife, we can prove um, that this guy is real. So we called um, Roy's, we called Roy's wife's attorney that took like a day. And then, you know, he got back to us with a quote that his client uh, did not know of and had never met a Ryan Cooper. And at that point, we we're like, well, I think we've got to do the story. And that was the twist, you know. And it was like, then at that point, Larry Hogan basically it says Ryan Cooper is Roy McGrath. And that this guy, this fugitive on the <laughs> on the run, is publishing tell all books about his time as the chief of staff uh, as he skipped out on trial for all that conduct. And I guess, like, you know, now, now we're here today, and they're saying he could be an international fugitive. 
So was it you that interviewed Cooper for The Sun? Because I read your article on it and it said, you know, Cooper spoke with The Sun. You didn't specify if it was you or not. I'm just curious how that conversation went because like reading the book a little bit, I mean, I read the whole thing. <laughs> you know, uh, that's what I do with my free time. It was, uh, it was, it was quite interesting. It was uh, really entertaining in a lot of ways, I thought, uh, you know, darkly humorous and also kind of dark in its own way. But like, I don't know, what, what's going through your head when you're talking to this guy, I guess, if you were conducting the interview? Well, like I'm wondering, like, is he re- like, are you who you say you are? Um, I, I like that's the question. You know, like I I don't know who Ryan Cooper is right now. I, I you know either he is he is Ryan Cooper or he's you know he is who he say he is or, he, or he's someone else. You know, I, I asked him like, are you Roy McGrath? Um, and he said no. That that was a silly question. You know, but when you I, I, typically authors of books want people to know who they are. Um, and he wouldn't tell me how old he was. He only said, he wouldn't say what part of Florida he lived in. Um, and he, you know, he said he used to live in Hagerstown, Maryland. Well, you know, if you tell me you're in your sixties and you used to live in Hagerstown and now you live in Florida, I can probably like find a list of names that on the internet that like match that description. And I, I couldn't find anything for him. So, you know, it's, it's a 15 minute conversation. He insists he has to go. He has, appointments to go to. Um, and, and, you know, I'm just the whole time. I'm like, 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 who are you? Um, yeah, it's crazy. So based on what we know of Hogan's cabinet and like his tenure, the last few years, there were definitely some, some rocky moments, like how shocking and like, I don't know how closely you were following it yourself, but like how shocking of a development do you think the indictment was? Cause like, it's something where it catches a headline. I think I remember when he got in, indicted in 2021, but I didn't really think much of it. Like what, I guess going back to the beginning of it, like what, how weird of a story was this to begin with, I guess, compared to where we are now? I mean, I wasn't here when he was indicted, you know, but thinking about it, um, I mean, I, I, like, I never, I never want to say the word weird. I mean, it's, it's unexpected for anywhere. It's, you know, it's, it's news in any state at any time. If a governor's former chief of staff has been federally indicted for conduct he did in the office, I mean, you know, that's the, you know, that I think objectively we would say that's, that's, that's not a good thing to have happen. You know, that's, that's a, that's a bad thing for, for a governorship. That's a, that's a bad thing for the public confidence in, in the state. Um, you know, so but I, I mean, I don't know if it's weird. I mean, corruption cases aren't, aren't new. Um, and, and by the time he resigned, I mean, the legislature was looking into it, you know, short, shortly thereafter, uh, if I have my memory of, events correctly definitely i mean it's uh for me it does sort of you've you've made some allusions to like it being sort of a a bad crime novel or whatever and having sort of mississippi vibes to it or like sec vibes is kind of what i get a little bit uh so i'm I'm glad that you said that but (laughs) yeah it's just like it's just the there there is definitely an absurdity to it like no matter which way you slice it and I, i just reading through the book and like it's only like 50 pages or whatever. He's saying Ryan Cooper, you know, allegedly is saying that there's a new one on the way talking about like what went on at the MES, I guess the Maryland environmental service. Is that what it was? Um, Mm -hmm. Roy was working and that's kind of where all this sort of started. What is, what was sort of the deal with the MES? And like, I guess what can we expect in that highly anticipated sequel? You know, I, I, I think in the sequel, we're we're just going to get the truth uh, according to Roy McGrath. Right. Um, You know, the author, the author said, 
Mr. Cooper said that he has drawn on interviews and Mr. McGrath's own notes and writings uh, to, to produce this, I guess, the series. I mean, as far as MES, I mean, you know, Roy was Roy, Roy was under fire for for working. Um, basically, you know, he, he's accused of taking these these international vacations, these cruises. Um, you know, I think he went to the Mediterranean, and uh, but he was he was claimed he was working during this time, and he so he was paid for work. He was paid out for work during this time. Um, I, you know, there, there, the accusations that he built some things um, to the to the nonprofit that he shouldn't have, like travel expenses. You know, so I mean, it's. I guess in a word, it's, it's time theft. I, you know, it's also charges. I think it's also like wire fraud because it's government money. Um, you know, I mean the 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 ABS and you know, I'm not, I'm not sure that the uh, like I guess prosecutors could argue that being on a you know being on a beach in Italy maybe is not the you know in the best interest of the state's money uh, being spent. But I mean, you know, Roy's Roy's defense and. I, you know, it's always been that he was working on these these trips, and that he'd spent, uh, you know, most of the time his time locked in his room working. Um, you, you know, so I guess um, I, I do want to stay on the book a little bit. I mean, to to the extent that you can offer an opinion, like I'm not really sure if you have guidelines on that or anything, but like, can you offer much of an opinion on it? Because I know I definitely have mine. It's like written in a very sort of, uh, I think, I think it might've been you that wrote that it, it just felt like a, you know, loose collection of sort of memos or something written by McGrath himself. And like there's typos in it to the point that there's typos on literally like chapter titles. And it just, it kind of feels like all sort of slapdash and put together. Um, what was sort of your, your thoughts when you were reading through it, like in real time, because for me, it was uh, definitely a trip. So I got, I got two chapters, you know, like Tuesday morning to so the 24 hours before it publishes. Um, I mean, like my, my, my opinion on the, the, the book itself, it, it seemed hastily written and, and hastily put together. Um, that, that wasn't my story that it kind of read maybe like a collection of, of, or a version of maybe personal memos one might keep about interactions they have. I mean, I, I was struck by some of the details actually, you know, he had the number of chairs at, at the table. Uh, I believe it was chapter four, at least in the, the, the version I was sent, um, Number of chairs at the table. What the governor ate for lunch. What the governor's aide had was supposed to have for lunch, and and that Roy ended up eating, um, according to the book. You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it it seems like the book. I, I mean, as far as an opinion, I mean, I, I think the book just is is what it is. I, it's it's it's. I think it's really up to the individual how much. We, weight they want to give it and how much value they want to assign to it to me i i think the intriguing aspect is that we have a fugitive case uh, a guy that they now are saying might have fled the country uh and that there's a a self-published tell-all ebook you know about his conduct i just think the fact that exists is is, is interesting to me rather than you know trying to give weight to the, to the claims in it yeah, and I think um, it's hard to really put much weight into them when you read it because it is like pretty heavily biased in Roy's favor, which like of course it's going to be so whatever. But you mentioned him fleeing the country. I mean, he had already turned over his passport and everything. So is that something that's still sort of on the table? Is that he's uh, he's fled the United States? Well, I mean that's so that's that's the new that's that's what the new poster says today from the FBI and the U.S. Marshal Service. Uh, they they put a twenty thousand dollar reward out for them uh, out for him. Um, he. 
you know, they, they gave out some, some new aliases we hadn't seen before. One, one was a name. I think it's a Greek name. I'm not going to try to pronounce it or, or even spell it. I'll get it so wrong. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, I mean, he, he, he turned, look, he turned over his passport. Um, we, we checked that with the courts. But, you know, you live in Florida, and we've talked to some former marshals that say it's, it's not too hard to, to get offshore if you have money. Um, and, and we know Roy had money, so, or, or at least was a person of, of decent means. What's sort of the vibe around the law enforcement that you've interacted with on this? Because you've got the FBI involved. You mentioned the rewards that they're putting up. I think it was $10,000 a few days ago. Now it's $20,000 for his whereabouts. You've got the marshals involved. What has sort of been the... Uh, the vibe with those guys and how they're all taking it, at least in your interactions with them. Well, they don't say much, right? Uh, that's, that's the thing, you know, uh, asking federal law enforcement, um, about ongoing investigations. is just a big fat, you know, no comment. <laughs> and so the, the kind of the insight we've gotten is, is people that, that are retired or left these agencies and, you know, what we, we kind of ask them like, what, what happens in these scenarios? Uh, you, you know, and I, I think the the answer is that they, you know, I, I think they're just waiting as they, as we always play that, you know, they, they probably think they've set their, like they're looking for him. They're actively looking for him, but to find a fugitive, as it's been explained to, to me, is that you, you set these traps, basically, like you check, you run for checks on bank accounts, phone records, emails, um, you, you know, th- things like that, even social media posts, just, just like any sort of activity that they could loosely infer as you. So you set these traps and, and you check your traps and eventually the net gets uh, smaller and smaller uh, and, and you finally you finally catch them. At least that's the idea. Definitely. Um, and like, I guess to that point, like it seems like there were some some dark possibilities at play here. I think it, it does seem like that he is still alive based on what they're assuming. Has that kind of has that led you personally to take sort of extra care in how you were going to cover this? Or are you just kind of flying by the seat of your pants with it a little bit? No, that, that, that look, that's a really good question. Actually. Um, I, from, from, from the beginning, we, I don't want to talk about, you know, our newsroom deliberation so much, but we, you know, we had a conversation about, we, we need to, we need to treat this as if something unfortunate has happened um, to, to Mr. McGrath, whether he had, he had taken his own life, or you know he had been in a car accident. I mean, we, we had a medical emergency. You know, we we don't know. Um, so so especially in the early days. I mean, even still now, you know, we're we we have to consider all possibilities. It's it's a fun story to talk about when you have books and and aliases and you know things like that. Um, you know, it's it's a saga. But you know, the fact of the matter is, like he, you know, he. he Something bad might have happened to him, um, and he's, he's still a human being. Um, so it's something we've talked about, but I, I do think the rewards would would signify that law enforcement they they must believe he's alive. Um, same same with the you know uh, observers told told us two weeks ago. It's it's the same with the way that the search warrant was executed um, at his Naples home that he shared with his wife that indicated that you know they. they they, they must think he's alive or, or I think there's, there's a decent chance he is. So. Yeah, definitely. And um, I don't know. I mean, obviously like hopefully that's certainly the case. You've got his wife in histrionics. Basically you've got the, uh, the, you know, the Cooper character in the, in the 
picture here with that new book coming out and everything like that, everything like that. I mean, what are you kind of thinking from your coverage on this moving forward? Where do you think this thing goes? And, uh, I don't know, just what, uh, how are you approaching it? I guess, moving into the, uh, the coming weeks, the, uh, McGrath watch as it, as it were. <laughs> watch. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, we don't like to talk about what we're, what we're working on. Um, just, just as a rule, but I mean, like you know, every every day, obviously, we're we're checking in to make sure we didn't didn't miss something. Um, you, you know, we're 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 doing our our checks with the different agencies. Um, you know, we're we're seeing if we got any tips about stories we could pursue. I mean, I think you know our job is to wait for the next thing to happen, and then to try and put it into context. Um, sorry, um, but yeah, so you know, it's it's. But, you know, I, I think our job is less to predict what's going to happen, but but just to like to be ready for it when the next thing happens, and then to do our best to give it needed context for people so that we're not just hitting them with, you know, raw, unfiltered information. Yeah, no, definitely don't want to get uh, too gonzo. And I mean, it kind of it's interesting. I think the dynamic between sort of what you were hitting on with the aspect of it being entertaining versus like the serious aspects at play, and that kind of we can pivot away from that topic now. And I, I think you did a good job summing it all up. I uh, did want to hit on really quick before we get let you go here. Uh, there was a new development with Adnan Syed today. And that sort of, I think, ties in interestingly with the idea of like entertainment and like something being super publicized versus like this is actually very real and there's like serious consequences here. So what's going on with that? Because it sounds like his conviction was reinstated by the state and maybe it's going to go back to court. But uh, I don't know, like what are the immediate implications of it and sort of what's going on there? Yeah, so um, you, you summed it up. So Adnan Syed, you know, uh, if any of you have ever listened to Serial, um, you you know, you, you're familiar with the case. Um, or at least you, you, there's been documentaries as well. But so basically, you know, in, in September, he a judge overturned his his decades old murder conviction. Uh, the victim's family filed an appeal. What was really like, you know, a, a technicality in how how the the proceeding played out, um, but you know could be a, a, a rights issue as well. Um, although it wouldn't really, I wouldn't say it would impact the outcome of the proceedings, at least kind of experts opinion. So they filed this appeal and, and, and they claim that the hearing um, because of how they were, I guess, not given proper notice, the, the family is the victim's family and not given proper notice in the September hearing. Um, you, you know, they, that there should be a do over. Um, and today an appeals court, agreed with them and reinstated the murder conviction and, and ordered that there should be uh, a redo of that September hearing um, with, with more notice given to the victim's family. And, and like, yeah, I mean like, you know, serial was really entertaining for a lot of people. Um, I can tell you when there's, when there's Adnan news, the, the web traffic over here at the sun goes crazy, but you know, the, the reality is that for the last five months, whether you know you, your, your personal opinions about the case for the last five months, a person that probably uh, definitely at times never thought they were going to get out of jail uh, or prison um, has been free um, and under all presumptions, an innocent man, you know, uh, he could never be tried again for that 1999 murder of Heyman Lee. Um, and today a court said, well, maybe not so fast. Um, uh, the good news is he's not, uh, Adnan's not going to have to go back to to jail right away. Um, the the court issued a sixty day stay for their, you know, for their ruling. 
which gives them time to appeal. And Adnan's attorney said they are going to appeal to the Maryland Supreme Court. Um, and and if, the, if the court takes the appeal, and it appears likely they would take the appeal in this matter, um, just just based on their 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 past, um, you know, their their precedent, um, there's a chance that the Supreme Court could order a continuation of that stay so that Adnan would would remain a you know would remain free um, in, until the outcome uh, of his appeal. Yeah, I mean it's pretty crazy. I grew up a town, maybe two towns over from Woodlawn, and uh, mm. I actually never listened to Serial until last year when his conviction got overturned because I kind of I like I pick my spots with the dark stuff and the true crime. It just feels a little voyeuristic at times, but yeah, I went back and listened to it and I found it really compelling. And it, you know, I'm, I find myself invested in it now. Like, had you listened to Serial before you arrived here, and like, had had you like gotten into that, and then all of a sudden you find yourself covering this taking place, or like, what was your relationship relationship yeah. to that story? I, I'm so embarrassed to say, like, I I had not listened to Serial. I don't listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. Um, you know, I write about the courts a lot, and and, and I guess like hard public news often. Um, you know, a lot of my listening habits are like the trap draw, um, just like pure uh, sports escapism. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, all of a sudden, like I, I'll be honest, like I. I figured out what, what a big deal it was and like like over the summer uh, and then it happened and I I guess I thought I knew what a big deal that was and then I was like oh my god there are people in the streets like waiting for him to come out of the courthouse to see what happens today um, I just yeah I, I, <laughs> it, it it's it's such an international story I, I guess is like the way the, and that, that's what blows my mind is that there's a there's a case here and you know we would get like re requests to go on irish radio and australian radio and things like that and i was just like okay i guess yeah that's uh that's pretty wild like i i could not imagine being swept up in that like i remember when the overturning of the conviction was happening and like i follow Justin Fenton and I follow you and I follow all these people that were there and they're like getting quote tweeted by people from CNN and like that's how they're appearing on my timeline and I'm like man what's going on here and like that's sort of when it clicked for me I was like all right maybe I probably should go listen to this thing and like see what's going on and I don't know I think it's a very good entertainment property I think there are other apparently there are other sources that give like more in-depth stuff of what actually went down there which I don't really feel too keen to like dig that in dig that much into because it is kind of to your point, a, a pretty heavy story there, but um, I don't know. Like, what uh, what are you expecting to come of all of this? I don't like. I don't like trying to predict the courts. Um, I mean, you know, I, I guess you know. I, I I guess you know. I, again, we're not supposed to make predictions, but it's it's hard to see an outcome where even if it's sent back to the court for a redo, that you know, his conviction's not just overturned again um you know if, if the same evidence is on the table and the, the same motions are submitted it, you know it would be hard it would be hard to see a judge rule otherwise um if, if the two parties in the case are, are really in agreement on things um yeah you, you know but i mean I, I guess like the only you know you know once that happens i mean that's how i see it playing out for adnan but you know i think the other the other side is that you have Heyman lee's family um I mean, they're just going to be left with questions probably forever. Yeah, that's sort of the, uh, that's really the 
thing of it all that I just find kind of kind of tough about it turning into this entertainment property and everything like that is they're just kind of left holding the proverbial, you know, emotional bag of it all, uh, unfortunately. So I don't know. I mean, hopefully whatever happens, they get some closure, uh, some out of it. You know, obviously you can't really get full closure on something like that at all. Um, but I don't know. I guess we'll keep following it. But uh, yeah, we're running on half an hour here and uh, closed out on a little bit of a dark note there. But uh, I don't know. We covered uh, covered some interesting stuff here tonight, and I really appreciate your time, man. It was uh, it was good chatting with you. And how about before we get get you out of here, you plug your writing, you plug your work, and uh, your social media and all that. Oh well, sure. You know, uh, if you wanna if you wanna read read me, uh, I I ask you to please buy an online subscription to the Baltimore Sun. Uh, but if you want to be you know at least mildly informed you can follow me on twitter i'm at lee o sanderlin awesome well thanks a ton lee you're the man and uh hopefully we'll uh let's do this again sometime soon maybe get a little more fun topics on the table for you yeah let's let's talk about something happier next time please you got it thanks again man thanks